Biplane Duel and Alienator. It's public domination on Amigos, episode 313. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're going to be talking about two games, Biplane Duel and Alienator, because, of course, it's public domain week here again on Amigos. Oh, man. These these never go bad on us either. They're never. always gold. <laughs> but before we get into the games this week, Aaron, you and I both received a package in the mail this week, didn't we? We sure did. I haven't even looked at mine yet. Have you? I have. I've already <laughs> opened it. I'm going to open I know right what now. mine is, but... Uh, what it what was in yours, Aaron? Because I'm not sure if we got the same thing or if we got something different. Here we go. This came all the way from jolly old England. Mm. Uh, oh, yes. Bam. Look at that boat. Oh, my gosh. Isn't you got nice? the same thing that I did. An Amiga Addict mug. Look at this on the back. I'd rather be playing my Amiga. I love it. I love it, Boat. Uh, this comes to us, of course, from the one and only Amiga Addict Headquarters, a.k.a. from uh, Mr. Simulant himself, Jonah. Um, and uh, we we really appreciate it. You know, Aaron, it's, yes. it's somewhat fortuitous that uh, we received these mugs this week because unbeknownst to, to anyone at the time when these mugs were sent out, or maybe it was beknownst to Jonah, maybe he felt it in the water, we have yeah. just established a new relationship with Amiga Addict. They have decided to become a sponsor of the Woo! Amigos podcast. Yes. So uh, we figured what we do is uh, we just sort of talk a little bit about the uh, the latest issue of Amiga Addict. And I believe that this is issue number seven. I believe this oh. is issue number seven. It might be six, but I'm pretty sure it's seven. Um, and of course, what do we have on the front here? The thing that you stole blatantly for your <laughs> Amigo Aaron disaster streams, the old Psygnosis Owl, Aaron. I would say artistically borrowed. <laughs> I think that's legal. It looks awesome, though. Hey, listen, that's, they've got an awesome mascot. What do you want? Yeah, yeah. So this is a 60 pages of pure Amiga glory uh, in, <laughs> in both digital and hard copy editions. Uh, it even comes with a cover disc, sort of. It's a virtual cover disc. You can make your own ADF, slap a label on there, and boom, there you go. Now, Aaron, uh, this week we're going to be talking about a story that appears uh, about the Amiga and its relationship with comics. Uh, I, unbeknownst to me, Aaron, I didn't realize that the comic industry did so much to help sell Amiga games. Now, Aaron, really? you're a big comics guy back in the day. Do you remember seeing a lot of, uh, of comic book advertisements for video games? You know, it's funny, Boaster. Uh, if you think about when the Amiga ads would have came out in magazines, you're talking... Uh, the late 80s and early 90s, uh, uh, you know, that's when you would have gotten the bulk of your uh, magazine ads. And I didn't begin collecting comic books until 1993-ish. Mm. So I was pretty much, I don't, I don't, and I don't think I ever saw a single ad for an Amiga in any of them mm -hmm. from that point forward. And when, and the bulk of my collection comes from the early uh, 70s. Yeah. So, which obviously wouldn't be in there. So, no, I had no idea until you pointed this out to me. I had no clue that that had happened. Kind of neat. 
Yeah, yeah. And uh, as we scroll down to the next page of this article, you can see that uh, the Amiga actually, you know, one of the things that I love about old magazines, old comic book ads and stuff is just how much bespoke art there was. There were artists on staff that were creating stuff nonstop. And uh, being able to commission your own little comic book, you know, one page ad slash comic to uh, to produce, you know, to, to advertise your game. That's pretty darn cool. Uh, yeah, that's it pretty is darn neat. cool. So um, anyway, if you want to read this uh, excellent article, plus, uh, you know, 58 other pages of Amiga awesomeness, make sure you head over to Amiga-Addict.com. You can subscribe for a year. You can buy a single issue. You can get these in PDF format. But I mean, let's be honest. You want to page through this thing. This thing is high quality paper. Uh, the production job is just outstanding. Of course, you know, several of our friends uh, through the Amigos Discord are on staff, including the one and only Pixels at Dawn, Amigos Game Selection Committee Chairman. So uh, yeah, Amiga Addict, it is It is a high quality publication. Yes, it is. And uh, having leafed through a couple of the physical copies myself, it is a delight to have a a, a new uh, uh, magazine that you can grab. I, I I'll take mine and take it to work and flip through it, or uh, you know when I'm just uh, going to hit the sack. It's a great read, and it's a uh, it's a glorious time we live in when you can have a glossy, uh, full length, full featured magazine dedicated to your favorite computer. Very nice. Yes, yes. So we do thank Amiga Addict for sponsoring this week's episode of Amigos, and Aaron. Let's take a deep dive now into this week's Amiga News. Amiga News. All right, Aaron. Let's kick things off this week with a update on the, one of the uh, consoles, the new retro consoles that is uh, was all the rage there for a while and has kind of gone dark as of late, the Intellivision Amico. <laughs> now, Aaron, uh, what do you know about the old Intellivision Amico? Well, I know a little bit. Uh, uh, a fellow named Tommy Tallarico is uh, behind this thing. And what it is is a uh, reimagining or, a, or let's let's say what it is. They're taking the Intellivision brand, they're putting it on something new, and then they're bringing forward a lot of the Intellivision properties in exciting new ways, reimagined ways. Uh, in some ways, this thing, uh, it, what they've got here basically is, is two unique controllers, what the Intellivision used to have, except these are more like, uh, almost like phones. Mm -hmm. And you can actually use your phone as a remote for this thing as well. Uh, it's been delayed. I think this is the third or fourth delay. I believe it was supposed to come out at the beginning of this year. And they're, they're right now they're saying it will either be the end of this year or later on uh, this year. Um, the reason this particular video caught my, and I, I recommend this guy, Mad Little Pixel. I like his stuff. He does a lot of stuff in, involving like console reviews, mods. He did a lot of stuff with, like coin ops and front ends for Raspberry Pi. He's that kind of guy. He's a real laid back dude. But anyway, he brought something up here that I about fell over when I saw it. And I hadn't, it's the first place I saw it and I really haven't looked anywhere else, but he pulled up some documentation here that, uh, um, you know, the Amica was just was just uh, delayed. Mm -hmm. And the funny thing is, uh, someone has contested the Amico's name. Mm. Okay? Guess who? 
<laughs> could it's it Cloanto. be? Uh, yeah, I was going to say, could it be Cloanto? <laughs> it's Cloanto, uh, which is funny because we just came uh, from talking about uh, Amiga Addict, uh, where there was also some trouble over the name. Well, we're back again. Uh, and Amico uh, has been, uh, their name has been contested by Coloanto because they think there may be some confusion in the marketplace between a game machine called the Amico and the uh, computer called the Amiga. Hmm. So is this behind the delay? I don't know. I can't say. Uh, but we've, it we've is heard, interesting. We've heard some feedback on the Discord and... Um, and it appears that, all right, I think I may have, might have read some comments on this video too, uh, and on the This Week in Retro subreddit. Um, it appears that the Amico, this is not the only problem the old Amico has had. Uh, they, it's run into lots of, of, of stumbling blocks along the way. And so uh, this may be part of the reason, but maybe not the entire reason we are not all playing. Uh, I, think, I think its big draw was the old couch co-op thing. So. That's correct. You know, I, this this console's a funny one, uh, Boat. Just to jump out of the Amiga uh, side of it for a while. And, although, again, it's funny how our two worlds intersect here. But the Amico, Tyler Rico's got a real good name uh, in the video game world. Uh, he was a, he did the music for a lot of big games. That's where he got his name. Uh, he was a co-host on a, on a really good gaming review show that was an old G4 uh, those those video game music concerts that in fact I went to one that he and he was the star of it and Charles that he's behind all of those the video game music concerts the live music that was his baby and he performs up there he's a really good musician and so I really think he's got um I think when he started this project out he had the best intentions but as we both know to tackle something like this is no easy task and he, and he's been put through the ringer. You know, and they've and sort of the people behind the Amico. There's been some. There's been some times where they don't put out as much news. You know, I wouldn't say this is on the same level as Atari's last console, but I mean, we're getting it's in that neighborhood now. Mm -hmm. You know, and so and people are starting to wonder. And some people are very passionate about this machine, and some people passionately think it's garbage. Right. Uh, and and if you see any of the games for it, they do sort of look like. Uh, revamped, sort of highly polished flash games or something, yeah. you know? Yeah, this is, I mean, I can't help but just recall the days, the Halcyon days, the old Ouya, and how it was it, going to, you know... It's very similar to that boat, mm -hmm. including the fact that you have to have a working demo that people can per can people can play for free, which mm -hmm. that was the, one of the Ouya's big things. Uh, and they're going to have an online store. It, they're, it, they're, you're not the first person to make that comparison. Uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, I think there's a, I love couch co-op. You think it's great. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I would love to see this thing do well. And I, you know, I'm a big fan of the old television. I know you like it too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's got some awesome games. The idea for the controller on this is interesting. I really hope that this thing with Cloanto doesn't, uh, doesn't, you know, cause any more trouble to them than it, than it needs to. Mm -hmm. And hopefully they can come to some sort of arrangement. Cause I mean, what do you think? Do you think they got a case? No, does in this I case? think this is another case much like the, um, the, you know, the, what, what Amiga addict had to deal with where you have all of these people that own all of these trademarks that are afraid that if they don't defend their trademark, they're going to somehow lose it. 
So they they issue these uh, these inju- or not injunctions. That's not their correct legal term. But contestants. They, they give, yeah. yeah, these contestants out uh, just saying, you know, listen, we want to make sure that there's no conflict here. So I wouldn't expect this to really stand in the way of the uh, you know, this is something obviously they've got to deal with. But um, but yeah, I, I don't think that the Amico people have anything to worry about from Cloanta. You know, on one side note, I was watching TV late at night to the night on one of these internet TV channels I get, and they only they play the same ads like a million times. But there was an ad for an it was either an insurance place or a bank, and it was called Amica. So there's mm-hmm. there's another one. So every every form of a word you can make out of that has been used by somebody. Right. right. So, and let's not forget that Amiga is a proper noun. Yes. You know, then so that's something that's, else I wondered about too. But hey, yeah. we'll see what happens. But there you go. I thought it was interesting. All right. Let's move on, shall we? Now, this next one, Aaron, it's another episode from our buddy the 10 minute Amiga retrocast. Yes. And it's another video all about the Amiga 1000. This is an RGB to HDMI review for the Amiga 1000. Aaron, I know that you're a big mark for these Doug hardware videos. I'm I sure am. you watch this. Tell me all about it, man. Listen, Doug is, uh, Doug is one amongst the King Dongs of Amiga hardware. So you got to give the dong his due here. And what he's done here is it's, it's the old, uh, raspberry Pi zero HDMI out gimmick for the Amiga 1000 this time. And if you notice there, he had like, uh, he did the old, uh, pro he did the old bit where you have to kind of relocate the process. Oh my gosh. What is that thing hanging out of the side there? Oh, that's, that's, a, that's his, uh, little expansion thing. That he, thing he looks like, like an abomination. No, no, it's real. Oh, it's great. It's real good. Yeah. But I mean, listen, you know how it is. If you're going to expand these things, you sort of have to, there has to be a little sidecar on yeah. it. You know, I I've got that, a little sidecar on the side of mine. It doesn't look like that. Yeah. Well, it's that a, right it's a lot. I like the fact that he's got little, he's got little printed legs for it. Looks it. like a freaking pizza table. If I'm not mistaken, Boatster, in a previous video, I think that's a, uh, uh, I think that was a thing that was that was made for an accelerator for the Amiga 500 that he like mm-hmm. turned around each time. But don't hold me to that. Okay. But okay. Uh, yeah, this looks this is good. This puts out some real nice quality video. Uh, again, this is a good cheap gimmick with the old pie. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad. I'm always glad to see new stuff coming out for the 1000. Yeah, and I want to mention, uh, 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 oh, I know you are, because you've got one. Yeah. <laughs> we may need to do this boat to both ours. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, Doug actually released a second video this week. Really? Very rare. Oh. Uh, it just came out last night, and it came out at like midnight. I just had to be awake. And on this one, it's an unboxing of an Amiga 600 that Sanction from our own Pixel Gaiden sent them. Mm. They had a they they made a money deal boat, and uh, it got it got the uh, Amiga 600. And this is Doug's first Amiga 600, which I thought that was interesting. And so he unboxes well, it, and takes it apart. Oh, so it was boxed and everything. It was well, the whole it deal. was in a box. How about that? Oh, okay. Let's not get crazy here. But anyway, <laughs> double Doug action this week. If you uh, are feeling froggy. Hop over and check Doug out. You know it's always going to be some good stuff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, Aaron. Uh, next on the docket, uh, remember Amigathon, Aaron? It seems like so long ago now. Oh man, do but I it was really only Wait. a month ago. It was less than a month ago. Yeah. Uh, during Bill's segment, he played the newly released uh, uh, indie developed Amiga shooter, Enviaya. Yes. Well said. And guess what? There is a new level available. So I know that this is a pretty popular game with the Amiga community. So I thought we'd talk about it. Yeah. Um, it, it if you great. Uh, if you have NVIA, uh, you can uh, download this this new ADF level available. 
Uh, it works with both uh, PAL or NTSC. I mean the game, uh, and um, you can. And I guess the CD32 update is coming soon. So Ooh. have you have you tried your hand at NVI yet, Aaron? I have not. I did watch. Of course, we both watched Amiga Bill take this thing to school. Yeah. And uh, uh, it looks good. Hey, listen, we've been critical of some of these things in the past, but, but the uh, quality of the indie stuff, uh, ha- I think, has really uh, taken a sharp shot upwards. Absolutely, this, absolutely. This and I know, I know what a fan you are of shooters, Aaron, so you better get your yaw-yaws out listen, and I, uh, put this thing on the road. <laughs> My yaw-yaws have, 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 are put in a box and haven't been used for a while, but I'll try to break them out. But this does look good, and uh, uh, this... I. I assume at some point they're going to join all these levels together and they're going to get this thing uh, taken care of. So I'll yeah, you're going to have the it. ultimate mega deluxe edition that comes yeah, out. Yeah, I'll probably just wait till I, until I take take it to the house. But yeah, mm-hmm. it looks good and it, it was real fun to watch Bill uh, go to work on that. It's a real nice looking game. All right, Aaron. Next up, this is just a little. Speaking of Amigathon, I thought I'd throw this in here. Uh-huh. And we just got another donation today. Oh, um, Amigathon donations are still open. So oh, if, if, you, if you had a good time at that. the event and funds were a little bit tight, uh, feel free to head on over to Amigathon.com and uh, and you can still uh, make a donation. We are up to $7,336. Any donation, That's no amazing. matter large <laughs> or small, is most welcome. And this will be up all the way until November. So, uh, yeah, thank you to uh, our newest donor today. And um, his, uh, I'm just going to call him out, Labyrinth. Yeah, I think it was. It's actually the the, the it was a, it's a maze somewhere. The maze has decided that it was time to donate ten dollars to to uh, to Amigathon. Listen, so thank you very much. We want to thank all these guys that have donated here in the past couple of weeks. Labyrinth, Mark T, Mister Dave, sixty three oh nine. We appreciate all you guys kicking in. Robert Ray's, who even wrote a little comment. Sorry, I missed the stream. I was out of town and driving home to time. That's okay, brother. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, and, uh, we appreciate it. And listen. The kids appreciate it, man. This was a, uh, uh, it makes me feel good just to be a part of something like this, you know? Absolutely. And uh, uh, I hope that money uh, really does a, a load of good. And I really am really thankful that we have so many uh, thoughtful and loving uh, friends that kicked in on this. Uh, we appreciate it. All right. And finally, not finally, we have one somber bit of news, Aaron. A melancholy happy trails to one Paul Vandervalk. Now, Aaron, are you are you familiar with Mr. Vandervalk? I'm not sure. I, don't, I, I, well, know, I knew he He had is passed. a composer of some renown, and I guarantee you, if you skip forward to 12 minutes and 45 seconds into the video, you will recognize his work. Oh, I just saw Hybris is in here. Yeah, is that- so Paul oh, Vandervalk, man. composer of Hybris, uh, he is uh, passed away, unfortunately, uh, this week. Uh, and uh, we just want to uh, give our deepest condolences to his family, his loved ones, and um, we uh, we really appreciate all the work that he's done. I guess he's done some uh, some mod type things. He did something called Imploder Three, Imploder uh-huh. oh, Four. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, and I maybe he wrote the music for that. I'm guessing. And of course, he wrote the music for the Immortal Hybris. So. Yeah. I thought you hated that game, boat. You always rag what? on it. I've you, always loved Hybris. You kill that game, and it's great. It's- and I listen. I, I I will say I tip my hat uh, to Mister uh, Vandervalk because that the the work he did. I always it's you know it's listen. We got to pay homage to the artists that came up on the Amiga. 
And uh, this guy, I mean, I will say just from the little, the few things I've heard, it was gold, solid gold. So I hope, I hope uh, he rests in peace, and I hope uh, my condolences go out to his family uh, over his loss. Yes, yes. And finally, Aaron, let's wrap things up with what's new over at RetroRewind.ca. Now, uh, Aaron, this bad boy is a resistor tool. You ever <laughs> use a resistor tool, Aaron? <laughs> I'm assuming this is to to bend the legs. Yeah, on, the, on these yeah. things. Yeah, boy, this is clever. No, that's a good idea <laughs> because it's almost always impossible to get it right. Have you ever bent a resistor before? God, oh God. <laughs> Yeah, millions of times. Mm. <laughs> yeah, and oh, poorly, I might add. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've never bent a resistor, but if I was going to, you can be darn sure that I'd pay six bucks for this resistor tool because that seems like a tool that would pay for itself pretty quickly in terms of uh, the amount of stress that it'll save you making sure that you've bent it just right to make sure. Do you know sure how this thing works? I know. Do you know how? Since you've no, never done I it. have no clue. For all I know, you sit it on the table and the resistors climb onto No, no, boat, boat. Resistors, these are pin-through hole resistors, old-school resistors. They've got two little wires that come off a little can. Or these are the down. things that are different colors. They've got That's different right, color boat. bands. Yeah, yeah, they've got stripes and everything. And so different resistors have different sizes. And so you use this to, you put the resistor down, you gauge, use this thing to gauge the distance between two holes. Mm -hmm. And then when you pick the little area that's the, that's closest to what you're going to be doing, you bend it over them. And that way they'll just fit right in. You don't have to guess and go in there and botch it. It's funny because wow. I never thought about doing that. It's a darn good idea. Don't. <laughs> well, that's fantastic. Yeah, I, I I never knew that that something like this could even be it, it could even exist. So, oh yeah, uh, check that out. Um, and of course, Retro Rewind home for all of your Amiga Commodore needs. If you need a flash cart, the Kung Fu Flash. If you need your CD32 recapped, anything in between, you can pick up over at RetroRewind.ca. And of course, don't forget, whatever you buy over there, make sure you add the promo code AMIGOS10 at checkout and save 10% off your order. Yeah, We do appreciate Retro Rewind and thank them for sponsoring this week's episode of Amigos. Absolutely. Thanks a lot. All right, Aaron, you ready to get into public domainia? Oh, man. <laughs> Can you give me a minute to answer that? But, <laughs> yeah, I guess I am. What the heck? Let's do it, Bo. Let's do it, man. Bam. It's public domainia again, oh, yeah. Boat, where we take a look at a couple uh, choice offerings from the land of Amiga public domain. Mm -hmm. uh, we got a couple. You know, listen, uh, we got a couple here that I think people could get into, if I may say, uh, Boat. We're gonna start the uh, we're gonna start the show here with a little game that me and Boat played. Boy, I guess this would have been Amiga Thon. What do you think? 20, 2017, 2018? Well, I think that we've played it multiple years. Uh huh. I think the first year we played it. And we could barely get it to run because yeah. that was the that was the year we were using. We were trying to use the actual Amiga 500, and that was an unmitigated disaster. By the way, this is actually footage of us playing the game on that. Oh, wonderful! On wonderful. that Amiga thought you'd be surprised how little footage there is in this game. So I actually <laughs> went just got like I always use ours. So, uh, by playing duel was the game we're discussing here. Uh, released in '89, of course it's freeware. Uh, this uh, on one disc. This has two players, and you have no choice. And we'll get to something that gives you a choice here in a moment. But this one, you've got two. You you you're going to play two people. Um, this was uh, coded up by a fellow named Peter Mason, 
I looked, and as far as I could tell, he never did nothing else. This is this, mm. is, but I mean, hey, if you're gonna go, go out. This is the one. Um, <clears throat> this is supposedly based on a Mattel and television portion of a game. And it's funny, but I've never heard of this game for the Intellivision, and I have an Intellivision. It's called Triple Action. Sound familiar? Yeah, uh, yes. And uh, Triple Action is to me, it looks sort of like an Intellivision's answer to Combat on the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a section in it called, that's where you fly biplanes, and it is very similar to this. It just it looks crappier. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and so and there you go. Uh, this was this game was first released. On an Amiga format cover disc, it was cover disc number 18 in January uh, 1991 edition. So I guess this thing just, I assume he released this into the public domain for a while, and then ultimately it got put on a cover disc. Uh, So what do you do in this game? Well, you and your partner have planes. Uh, You're basically on a long, straight stretch, and right in the middle of it is sort of like a hut. Your job is to, to take off. And then your job is to shoot that at your buddy or, or shoot a, a balloon that will pop up and also to not die. That's pretty much your job. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sounds easy, right? Uh, taking off in this game, <clears throat> this reminds me of someone like watched the takeoff segments of like uh, uh, Rocket, Rocket Ranger. Ranger and it was yep. like, nah, <laughs> nah, nah, that's not nearly hard enough. <laughs> Let's make it brutally hard. This is a game where you have to learn to take off, isn't it, Bode? Mm, it is. It is. This is a game that uh, you can press uh, uh, button combinations that will just cause you to explode on impact or yep, explode you can right away. The second, the first yeah. thing you do is just blow up. <laughs> <laughs> Which I mean, it's not unlike Blue Max in that regard because if you no. pull back on the stick before it's time, you'll do the same thing. Yes, um, absolutely. This game is is interesting because. I don't know if there's a game that is meant for quote unquote casual play that has this sort of degree of difficulty just to get into actually playing the game. Because ostensibly, the object of the game is to shoot your buddy down. Okay. You're going to spend a lot of time before you get to the point where you can shoot your buddy down because you're the, the you're going to spend a lot of time just trying to get airborne long enough that you can sustain time in the air yes. before you can even worry about the other player. <laughs> I wonder if driving a real plane and getting off the ground is as hard as this. I've often wondered that. I, mean, I don't you know. Get, the funny thing is, <clears throat> the concept behind this game, when you think about it, is ludicrous. You're on a, a one-screen field, and the only thing separating you from your enemy is just this hut, this indestructible hut of death. And so you're trying to fly all the way up in the air, fly all the way down and shoot your enemy when you could literally just kind of walk over there with a gun, I guess. And just take <laughs> I, I picture it like playing in a snow globe because yeah. when you leave one side of the screen, you come back on the other side. Yeah. So. It's very much like, it reminds me a lot of like uh, the biplane section of combat with, except with gravity, mm-hmm. unforgiving, hateful, satanic gravity. Uh, this game features a background of some snow capped, peaks and some clouds the clouds actually you can fly behind which that's sort of an added element to the game uh and the game keeps score uh on how uh, how much uh how, how many times you've shot your opponent i think you also get a point for shooting the balloon as i recall uh having shot it a few times there i think i remember getting a point for it uh the, like i said the hut's indestructible but i mean that's the game i mean mm-hmm. we're not leaving anything out here that is what do you game. think about what do you think about the decision to make the hut look like a medieval uh, peasant dwelling? 
dumb, dumb, <laughs> dumb decision. Uh, I would not call the hut or the uh, the snow-capped peaks. I wouldn't call them high art. Uh, if you want the truth, are they better than I could do? Yes. But, I mean, I wouldn't call them. And they don't really play a role in the game except to provide a barrier mm-hmm. with the hut. But, I mean, it, they don't look great. Uh, I game, will say it is it is a nice feature that the snow-capped mountains do not kill you. Yeah, uh, especially that's, coming that's off James need. Bond Junior the other week, where the trees and everything else kills you. <laughs> so you're driving along there. So I did enjoy this more than James Bond Junior. I will say that. <laughs> now it's funny we played a game after we played this called Dogfight. Do you remember this? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was sort of like this, but better in pretty much every way. I think. Uh, but I will. Oh, say there's, there's the a, old Xbox. So this was this was the yeah, first year. I of told you. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the fact of the matter is this it, this is the like lowest end game I think you could possibly have almost. That's still sort of fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not going to bury this game because we had a ball, and part of it is the difficulty level is so ridiculous that when you go up and do something stupid, your opponent's got plenty of time to laugh at you and point. The room full of people can laugh. It's just, it's just sort of fun. Well, it reminds me somewhat of, of a Lunar Lander type experience because gravity plays such a big part in this game. I mean, I would call the gravity in this game pretty realistic in that, you know, when you if you if you don't hit the right angle and start taking off and hit the speed just right, you're just going to fall to the ground, which is yeah. what, you'd ha- what would happen in a real plane. So. Now, so we mentioned, Boat, that this game is for two, straight up two players, okay? Now... I don't know if you knew this. I'm sure you know it now after playing this game for a week. But this game had a sort of an update. All right, if you know what I'm talking about. Uh, did you? I don't know if you tried this boat, but I tried it. And the update is called uh, Salmon Pink Max. Did you play this? No. Okay. First of all, the name is hilarious. You're mm-hmm. not Blue Max. You're Salmon Pink Max. All right. It's the exact same game. Okay. In fact, I don't know. I know it was. Uh, I know it came out uh, in '90. Uh, I don't know much of anything else about it. Okay, mm. uh, and it's but it's actually available on my collection, and I read about it on Lemon, so that's how I found out about it. But picture it, it's exactly the same game with one exception, and the one exception is you can play against the computer opponent, mm. which is better. It's better than just going up in the air yourself. Now. Do you still humiliate yourself over and over and over? Yes, you do. Uh, you, you, so nothing has changed. But in the computer, you can pick a difficulty level. I played it on hard, and the computer wiped the floor with me. Because while you're struggling to take off, the computer pops right up in the air and just starts mauling you. So when I say this is a one to two player experience, if you are a sadist or just like to get killed a lot, you can play. You could play it, but otherwise, you might as well just play the uh, old version where you at least can get off the ground and screw around a little bit while your opponent just sits there because there's no one playing him. Yeah. Now, I will say that we're you, we're getting thoroughly trounced in the chat right now for the lack of our ability at this game, but I will tell you that this game is 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 much fun or as little fun you will have with this game depends on how your your you and your opponents are matched at skill level. Because if you've got somebody that knows what they're doing even a little bit in this game, you don't have a prayer if you're just starting out. The best way to play this game is if you and your buddy are equally skilled or not skilled. Yeah. Um, and so it's it's much different than a game like combat in that regard. Because combat, you can still get in there and have some fun. If you are a total noob and the other person's been playing combat for a while, this game is not that way at all. 
I'm going to say something else to our defense boat, okay? I believe we played... We were playing this on the next box, and I believe we'd played like 16 hours of games at this point or something. <laughs> That's also true. And we had never played or heard of this in our whole lives. <laughs> we had no idea what was going on. And so always, you can't hear anything on this video, but if you, all you can hear is just us laughing hysterically because we're out of our minds. So that probably affected our game because I played yeah. this this week. But that said, we laughed trouble. hysterically and had yeah. more fun with this game than we did many games that we played on Amigathon. Yeah. So <laughs> this I'm going to give this game probably one of the games of the show because yeah. of that. <laughs> I don't blame you on that one. Uh, <clears throat> believe it or not, Boat, I did. Uh, there is a uh, a review of this game. There's two reviews actually. The people at Lemon, listen, it's simple. It's dopey. It's barely a game. It's not that attractive, right? But by God, the people at Lemon still give this thing a 7.95 because it is what it is. It's a party game where you sit on the couch and you look at each other and you laugh and point at the stupidity of each other. Mm -hmm. uh, Amiga Power actually rated this 4 out of 5. I was surprised. <laughs> I couldn't believe that uh, since it was on an Amiga format cover disc. But... Uh, it, so th I would say it's got high marks, uh, Boat. There you go. It's funny. The sequel, uh, Salmon Pink Max, uh, the Lemon people only give it a seven. So I don't know why mm -hmm. they don't like it that much. <laughs> I can't imagine why. It gives you everything plus it gives you one or two player. But there you go. You know how that goes. Yeah. Um, did we get any discords on this, Boat? We did. We got a couple of reviews. So the first one, we start out with Negsol. And he says, I clearly remember when I did play this game for the first time. Even as a kid living in Germany, I found the UK cover discs to be worth the importing price. It was November 1992 when my beloved The One magazine carried a cover disc including demo versions of Chaos Engine and Lionheart. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Additionally, some PD games were included to fill the discs. One of them was called Biplanes. Starting, it showed a now rebranded game called Salmon Pink Max Ozone Friendly Version. My English was not yet up to the challenge, so I did not catch the Blue Max reference. Also, it, it took me a while to understand how to start the game, and then also how to take off with the plane. But once I understood, it became one of my favorite little games on the Amiga to play with friends. Of course, the second player is a must for a fun game. I love the simple but somewhat realistic game physics. Back then, I learned intuitively how to recover from an engine stall. I like to try my new skill by testing out how close to the ground I could recover from the plane. Great huh. stuff. The AI of the computer opponent can be a bit unfair, but is a great yeah. training buddy. I like the simple graphics and the cute planes. Sound effects was decent, but the engine sound was getting annoying quickly. Six out of ten. Um, and uh, Duncan Styles writes, A very simple game that gave me and my Amiga using PAL hours of dumb fun. Was this an Amos game? It doesn't matter. It's awesome and you need to play it. 9 out of 10, because it could be prettier, but it doesn't need to be. And finally, Pajako6502. He says, I could not get on with this game. I remember having this on a PD disc with my Amiga 500 and having some fun in two-player mode with friends. But against the computer, and even with the AI difficulty on, so-so was an exercise in punishment. Not only do you need to contend with the plane stalling constantly because you pulled up too fast, but the computer seems to hone in on you the second you're in the air and beat it, beat you like you owe it money. <laughs> this game doesn't really give you much chance to learn how to play it, and so this is a big thumbs down for me. Three out of ten. This so is a, this is a game that's like a bad joke, right? 
it's not funny unless you heard it from the right person. I think that's, mm-hmm. I mean, we were in the right situation. I mean, it is nothing. It's a nothing happening game, but it's fun. And part of the fun is because it's so incredibly difficult and stupid. That's what right. makes it fun. And we we have a sauce partner heart for this one, don't we? But in all honesty, yeah, I do. I even though I'm not much good at this game, I do. I do have a soft spot. It's it's it's. I don't know if I would go so far to call it the guilty pleasure, but it's definitely a game that's a lot of fun to play with two two people. Absolutely. So there you go. That was biplane duel. And by, again, I suggest you try the uh, Sam and Pink Max, which was a sequel. That's probably the way to go. So you can get one or two player uh, a good time, but not too good. Let's go with that. <laughs> so next on the docket here, uh, Boatster, we've got a game that I don't I doubt you had played, but believe it or not, I had actually played this game. Really? Yeah. Uh Alienator, I believe okay. is the exact way to pronounce this thing. Yeah. Boatster. You can you can your mileage may vary on I that. you know, it's one of those weird misspelled games yeah. like Hangar eighteen. Uh not uncommon in the public domain realm. So uh I I'm gonna go with Alienator. So, uh, Alienator, a game that was released in 91 uh, and uh, came on one disc. Uh, this was the, this was put out by a... Well, we know the guy that did the music on it. It's a guy named DJ Brain Crack. Great name. Of course it was. He was a demo guy. I bet uh, he was from the UK. And this was uh, distributed on a magazine as well. Uh, I believe it was Amiga Fun was the name of the magazine. I believe okay. it was German. Oh, maybe DJ Brain Crack not from the UK. Yeah, uh, yeah here it is. Amiga Fun, uh, 12 of 91. So it was the December issue of 91. This was released. Now, this is a whole different kettle of fish uh, than what we just played here. Uh, this game uh, is a, like, isometric. It's, it's a 3D, uh, what would you describe it like it's sort of like your elite type graphics on here this is this is a polygonal 3d shooter beautiful i'm so you're so good at categorizing this stuff boat so what do you do in this game uh you are the defender of basically this uh, a uh picture picture a, a piece of land with like a eight pointed star on it okay on that land are eight inhabitants okay you've got to defend them uh, in your Viper 242 spaceship, okay? Uh, the, uh, the the bad guys in this att- are attempting to come down and capture your inhabitants, okay? Uh, and you your goal is to stop them, all right? Mm-hmm. And, if, and if they do capture the inhabitants, bad stuff goes down, which we'll get to, all right? Now, uh, this is a game... That has sort of I would I would describe it as a, an elite style uh, gameplay in terms mm-hmm. of the way it looks. Uh, it's it's been described, and I think this is fairly accurate as a as a three D defender. That term gets thrown around a lot, both the old defender comparisons, but this truly is in a lot of ways. This truly is a probably a fully realized three D defender. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, uh, it, but simplified because defender is so ridiculously complicated. Uh, the bottom of your screen in this will show you a radar screen, a very good radar screen. It also shows you the ship facing that you have, and it shows you the pitch and 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 uh, you know your out whether you're going up, gaining altitude, or losing altitude. Okay, it shows you physical pictures in real time of this of your ship. It also has a gauge for your speed, 
uh, your altitude and your shield levels. And then it also tells you your score and how many men you got left, stuff like that. And how many of your people you have saved or have, or have left to save. Um, the game has a, what I would consider a genius, uh, control scheme boat and i want to get your thoughts on that here in a second in this game of course hitting the button fires but if you sort of hold the button and push the joystick throttle you actually can increase or decrease your speed on the fly Mm -hmm. and so you're able to do all this stuff without having to use any more buttons Mm -hmm. Uh, it it's it does take some getting used to uh, but it works real real well Uh, and it made you gives you the ability to stop and start on a dime uh, right. the the uh, the map and the radar at first seems sketchy <clears throat> because one thing the radar doesn't do it doesn't show what f- the position you're facing on the radar itself. What you'll learn to do is look at the little picture of your screen of the, of the ship on the right that shows where it's facing, and that's the direction it's facing. There is the direction you're facing on the map, and as an added way to navigate. When you shoot, your shots are actually appear on the on the uh, radar, and so you can tell by the way you're shooting which direction you're going for an even quicker uh, way to uh, uh, to find out which way uh, which way you're going. So, boat early on, you boot this thing up. Uh, we've played a lot of these sort of wacky kind of games. What'd you think of this to start off? Listen, man, let's get right down to it. All right, this could have been a commercially released game. That's ex- yes. I knew you would like it. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> this game opens up in a in a demo mode, an explanatory mode, where they give you fully 3D renders of every object in the game. Yeah. They explain what each object does, what its characteristics are, as it's flying around and doing cool stuff. Okay. I was impressed by that right off the bat before yeah. I even entered the game. Okay. Once you start the game, um, uh, something I know I had, of course, I it was difficult at the beginning to get accustomed to controls, but once I figured it out, it became genius, like you yeah. said, because it's a one button control scheme. You know, it's a button on the mouse, and the thing that is the saving grace of this game in terms of 3D, because it's so easy to do 3D wrong, is the combination of the radar and the three pictures of your ship that are next to the radar. Yes. Because the top picture of the ship is a top-down view of your ship that shows you what direction your ship is pointing. The middle view shows you how you are aligned with the horizon, okay, from a uh, from a side view. And then the bottom view shows you how you are lined up again in a different way, okay? So between that and the radar, you are always 100% sure of where you are in space. And when you're playing a space shooter where there's no thing, there's nothing on the ground to kind of align yourself with, because normally right. in a flight sim, you'll be flying along and you can follow roads and buildings and things and get an idea of where you are relative to the ground. But in a game like this, it is not the case. Uh, this is this is very much like, like a game like Battlezone with even fewer amounts of ground terrain. Yeah. So um, this game really really impressed me with the everything around the game now the actual gameplay itself is defender if you know how to play defender you know how to play this game you've got bad guys that are looking to pick up 
your good guys and carry them away. If they carry them away, they turn into ultra mega bad guys that kill you. Skull, um, like skull ships. Yeah, Those skull. Are, they look like skulls. Now, it reminds me. It's like they almost turn into something that, that resembles Sinistar. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, except a 3D version. When if they if the people get carried away from the ship. They come back as this, and the first time I saw one of these, I might have jumped out of the chair because they come right at you and they make this right. noise, right. and all they want to do is just run you over. Right, and, so and HSEI Ken, I couldn't think of the words, but he's absolutely correct. You've got pitch, roll, and yaw. Those yeah, are the it. three the three views there. So now I'll tell you something else that's very Defender-like, and that is the explosions. Yeah. When you blow one of these bad boys up, they explode in a confetti of colors, uh, and uh, it's very Williams-like. Uh, yeah, it it, it, I thought that was very impressive. Uh, I like the way that you uh, your your objectives were always spelled out on the screen. You know how many people are left, uh, how many enemies are left that you need to destroy, uh, and you can actually clear the first level without too much trouble. Uh, and so, to me, that's always the mark of a great game if you can actually complete the first level without pulling your hair out because that the first level is there to show you how to play the game. You know, and that and yes. this game does that. Um, now. Would I make some change in this game? Probably. Um, it would be nice to have a more stuff on the ground. You know, Defender was sort of famous for your you know, these these people are being picked up out of cities. And I understand that you're not going to want to build, you know, a full scale city on the ground, but just having sort of an abstract eight point star shape uh on the ground is that I thought that that aspect of the game was disappointing. Now, that said. This game runs at an extremely high frame rate and it moves yeah. very fast. So from yeah. a performance perspective, you can't ask for anything better. Um, I don't know. Curtis was asking what level of Amiga. I always emulate on the A1200. I don't know if this runs as well on the A500, but if it does, then it's a, it's a shining example of what could be done with the Amiga in terms of 3D. Yeah, let me tell you something. This game is... It's funny having played uh, like a game like Wing Commander on the Amiga mm-hmm. 600. You remember my video on oh, that? Oh yeah. This game is one of the all-time smoothest games of this type I've ever seen on the Amiga. And the stuff that's up there—it's not just some kind of random psychosis mystery enemies. These are different types of ships, and they do mm-hmm. different stuff. Yeah. Some ships look like almost like darts. Some ships drop other ships. Mm-hmm. You know, these they, these are different sorts of ships. Uh, that come around and they, when you watch them, if you get behind them and watch them, they fly around like ships right. would. You right. can match speed with them. You could go right past them. You can st- slow to a stop and watch them go by. They look awesome and smooth. I agree with exactly what you said about the ground. It would have been nice to have uh, had um, some sort of stuff on the ground just if for anything just to give you something to go by visually on Mm -hmm. the ground because you really do require you have to use that radar there are no visual cues on the ground that are going to help you Uh, it would have been nice but i i would assume that to get this at the speed they did they that was a sacrifice they had to make uh and and i think it was a sacrifice worth worth making when you've got this sort of radar if they didn't Mm -hmm. have it the game would have been screwed like this is the perfect amalgamation of like minimalistic ground stuff with like every tool you need to know what's happening. And that's what yeah. makes it work. Uh, the, uh, the game does start off 
I wouldn't call it easy, but I, it, it, what it does is it lets you figure out what you're doing. You know, hey, what a it doesn't concept. immediately kill you. It's different than Defender in that right. regard. It, yeah, I the reason I knew about this is I randomly played this on a stream one night, oh, okay. and, and so when it came up, I couldn't remember the name of it, but I remembered the game, and I remember on the stream flying around and thinking to myself, well, heck, this seems pretty good. We need to put this on the list. And so I was real happy to see it come up once I figured out what it was. Mm -hmm. You're right about the explosions. The ships will take more than one hit. And so you'll see those explosions two or three times. It's a yeah. real, it's really cool. Uh, and like I said, the different ships fly at a different rate. So you have to sort of change your tactics. Uh, and especially ones that are dropping other stuff that, that you have to change your tactics. Uh, it's, it's just, a. I think, you know, we've played a lot of these Defender clones, 2 and 3D, uh, but I think this is probably the best one I've ever, certainly the most playable one I've ever played. Mm -hmm. In fact, I like this way more than I like Defender. I mean, about a million percent more, because I just think it's more fun. I like it more than I like Amiga Wing Commander, mm -hmm. because it's a game. It's a game yeah. you can play. You can feel like, you feel like you're driving in a spaceship, and you feel like, this is something else I like about a boat. It feels like you're in a hot rod spaceship because right. you can go from e zero to a hundred in two seconds. Plus, you've got shields that don't suck. Right, like you can and, take and some again, shots. That's the the more games that we play, the more I'm convinced that at the end of the day, it all comes down to feel. You can have the best graphics in the world, you can have the best music. It's the games that feel right. It's the yeah. games that feel like you're doing what you're supposed to be doing that are the true winners, and this is one of those games. And this proves to me that a game like this can be done on the Amiga. It can be done well. Now, was it done well? Sometimes, you know. But, I mean, I would this control scheme, why, where's this been all my life? Mm -hmm. With these gauges and stuff? Mm -hmm. the, the, you know, no one wants to let go of the joystick and fool around the keyboard when they're playing no. a game like this. This game requires split-second timing because you're, you're chasing guys all over the place. And uh, and so the the, it, the scheme works great. I can't really gush enough about this one. This one really, real. I mean, I'd played it on the stream, but I'd not really gotten into it. So this week I had a time to sit down, and I mean, I was getting a level. I was getting into like level eight, nine, ten. I was and I was improving. Mm -hmm. And this game really steps it up about level four or five. Then you then it starts getting down and funky. And when you've got a bunch of those skull things floating around, oh, yeah. you've got problems. And <laughs> yeah. those things, because they just come right at you. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could run into any ship, but those will come after you. Mm -hmm. And that, and that, so that, and but that's cool because that's, you know, and they look cool. You know, I like I said, this was a great one. I was, I was pleased as punch with this one, Boaster. Me too. Um, did we get any Discord action on this one? We did. We got one Discord review for Alienator, and uh, this one and it comes from uh, Pajaco sixty five oh two again. He says, "Again, not for me. However, I was really impressed by the speed of the three D being achieved on the Amiga. I was running this in an emulator, but it claimed to be running an Amiga five hundred. So wow." It's a very playable 3D Defender type game, and for a PD game, I probably would have played the heck out of this when I was a kid. The controls, however, were a little tricky to get hang of. Moving the mouse up and down for speed, and then left-right shooting with the left button was not easy. I think I would have preferred to control speed with the keys. Technically impressive, but a little samey. 6 out of 10. Uh, yeah, I, I'm going to disagree with that. Uh, I will say, uh, the uh, I did get some reviews myself. The Lemon... 
the people in Lemon give it an eight. Lemon's mm-hmm. Lemon, the site actually reviewed this game. Mm-hmm. That shows me that because those guys they know what they're doing. Yeah. They gave it a seven, and Amiga Joker, of course, crapped all over, gave it a fifty-two. I don't know wow. what they were smoking that day. Yeah. Uh, and this came out of Germany. I think they would have given it some love. Mm-hmm. Listen. Uh, this is one of those games that you don't know about and you may not have played it. So if you're listening to this show and you're like, oh, these guys, what are they talking about? Go and give this a whirl. This is a hidden gem uh, yeah. boat. This and is a game. We've played so many commercially released games that couldn't hold a candle. Oh, this, this would fit right in. Why this guy didn't take this to Psygnosis or some publisher and say, look at this. Yeah. Because they, he would have got signed right then and there. I mean, there are, there, you mentioned it. We talked about it. There are there some things they could have done to make this, uh, like some really kicking music would have been right, awesome. Right, right. But I mean, that's, that's the thing. When you take it to a publisher and you get a little bit of money on your pocket, yeah. you know, you're incentivized to add a couple extra things. Yeah. Yeah, and, and really, you could have taken this. Could have been a level in a game. A game with this being the engine, the Defender clone part. You right. could have done anything with this, with this engine. I mean, it's smooth as silk. To think to a guy that made this and didn't get paid. Yeah, uh, and uh, uh, you know, it, it uh, it's it's a it's a tragedy. Uh, so thumbs way way up for this. Again, if you're looking for the magazine it was in. This would have been Amiga Fun. The yeah, and we December should say we should 91. say he, he did get paid. Amiga Fun paid him. Well, to you put know what I mean. I mean, get, yeah, like he didn't make big bucks. He wasn't buying a Lambo. That's for sure. Yeah, that's right. So that that's a big winner. But I was pleased as punch over that. That's so we'll take that one to the house here, boat. Uh, that All was right. the best. That's got to be the best public domainia we've ever had. But I agree. One since Alien Fishfinger and uh, Area Fifty One or whatever mm-hmm. those older ones. But yeah, that was great. Yeah, that that was also a great week. All right, Aaron, why don't we leave Public Domainia and see what's going on over on the old YouTube channel? Righto. So uh, we've got a few offerings uh, this time out, Boaster. Uh, we'll start with myself and the Brent, as uh, we want to do. And this time out, Boat, me and the Brent were tasked with playing Olympic games, games that were based uh, on the Olympics. Uh, this time around, we did choose pretty much vastly different games, I went to a little-known title, at least I'd never heard of it, called Olympic Gold mm-hmm. for the Sega Master System. Have you played this boat? You're a Sega Master System guy. No, no, but I, I wanted to after hearing it. Uh, th- it's funny that you mentioned that the this version got much better scores than the Mega Driver. That's right. Yeah, it, 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 it got much better. In fact, people said it looked and played better. So I don't, know, yeah. I don't know who dropped the ball on that. This is from U.S. Gold, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brent, you got to have that shot in an Olympics game, by the way. Yeah. In Olympics game. <laughs> oh, we get it. Yeah, we you gotta have it. So Brent went in an entirely different direction and looked for a game that was basically a game built on the Donkey Kong hardware. It was a chip swap, and it was called Herbie at the Olympics, <laughs> Her, or also known as Hunchback Olympics, which that's where I had heard. That's the name I had heard of. This game was done. Think about this for a second. This was ROM swaps on a Donkey Kong uh, PCB. That's wacky. Yeah, it is, and they did have these. And this game is pretty wacky. This game is ultra hard. I, I, it didn't do it for me, but I appreciate the stupidity and goofiness of it. Uh, but Brent sells it. He sells it hard, and I will say his research into the people that made it is very interesting. CVS, they have a checkered past of wackery. <laughs> they should have been a cocoa uh, uh, producer because that they're in that realm of insanity and, mm-hmm. and clonery. So if you're into that sort of thing, uh, check us out. I do want to plug early. We'll be recording uh, as you hear this on Sunday, and we're going to be doing 
uh, a very unique show this week. And the t- and the wheel piece that came up was games that deserve to die. So if that intrigues you at all, check us out Sunday every Sunday, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, it's a good time on Twitter or Twitch, as I say. Now, boat. Tell the people what we got up to on the Coco show this time around. Well, Aaron, it was time to hit the track and play <laughs> some Pit Stop 2. So, uh, you know, Pit Stop 2, widely ported to many systems. But uh, the Coco port, I found, despite its sort of lack of color off the track, uh, the cars are very well, very intricately designed. And uh, it's sort of exclusive to the, the Coco version and, of course, the, the Apple II version. So I've, I had some fun with this one. This is, this is of course, got the uh, wacky pit stop mini game where you're controlling your tire man and your fuel guy. Um, but, yeah, I thought, this, I thought this was a good one. Yeah, we had a good time with this one. We don't get to cover Coco games that are featured on other systems very often. So it was neat that we could actually compare and contrast with the Atari version, which was fun. Uh, I I like Pit Stop as a, in terms of the graphics and stuff. I think it's just a very dull game. That's my mm-hmm. biggest gripe with it. But the Pit Stop part's kind of fun. Don't yeah, overfill yeah. that gas tank boat. Yeah. E- even when you play with a buddy, the tracks are just way too long. Yeah. I will say you can play with a buddy. Yeah. My favorite part of the show, Boat, was our, our opening... Uh, talk on where you go to use the bathroom during long car rides. That was my favorite part of the show, Boat. So there you go. If you're interested in seeing Pit Stop 2 or hearing stories about using the bathroom, this is the show for you. Sounds good. Good Sounds good. All Uh, right, Aaron. Next up, what do we got? Listen, here's one that we literally threw together off the cuff, Boat. Right here it is. Bam. And we're going to go, we're going to dovetail into something else we'll talk about. This is uh, myself and the Brent... Uh, having a discussion about the A500 Mini, the Mi- Amiga Mini. Right. Uh, and this is mostly Brent and his... And I, you know, one thing I like to do is ask Brent about that. Is That's because, some pretty convincing green screen Brent's got there. Yeah, you it never looks like his hat's on fire. Not... Uh, uh, that's what I, I like about it. Uh, the whole show, I kept looking over there. I'm like, run! You know, throw your hat down. But uh, 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 it was a very interesting. It Brent gives you a perspective of someone that's not really, doesn't ever have two feet in the Amiga community. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it which was, is good yeah it was interesting uh, uh very in- interesting talk and i want to mention because one thing we did and we don't want to skip over this is myself and you we did a whole show uh on the amiga mini uh the a500 mini boats this has been a very well-received show i might add uh, one of our biggest shows for a while mm-hmm. actually and we just go over our thoughts uh yeah. what do we think it's a good idea what do we think of the games uh what do we think of the uh uh the people behind it uh do we th- do we foresee a amiga maxi in the future or a 500 maxi now all these questions will be revealed if you are interested in, in our opinions on that check out the uh video uh, a 500 mini the modern amiga you've always wanted question mark Which, so there you go but that, we had a lot of fun on that one too didn't we both we did we did now i caught so i had to catch this uh on the flip side because i missed the stream but this is our good buddy the flagster jack flag playing two games that we both love boat it's mr do and dig dug on the c64 uh he also starts this he, he's been starting his shows off with a with like a demo mm-hmm. this demo was awesome it was an atari it was an atari love letter made with the c64 mm. and they actually took the old atari uh the old atari boxes and did sort of re a uh, hand drew them 
That's you can so see cool. one right there. Isn't That's that neat? So cool. They do all these. They look. You know, great. when you've got when you've got and you know, when you sell forty million Commodore sixty fours or whatever they sold, and they're distributed all over the world, you know they're going to fall into the hands of some really talented people, and that's what's happened here. I mean, yeah. So, look at that. Look at that. Yeah. I, I don't know if there was a scanner involved. I don't know mm-hmm. what was going on, but man, it was awesome. So then we get into uh, uh, the Flaxter covering some Mister Do action. You know, we love Mister Do, and mm-hmm. I also love Dig Dug. He also c- covers that. Mr. Dude looks a lot better than Dig Dug, by the way. And then he has to go on the uh, arcade version. So good stuff. Flax always uh, brings entertaining. Now, tell everyone the revelation that you guys had this week. Yeah, Mr. so Dude. I had no idea that every level of Mr. Do after the first one is the, uh, the the tunnel that is pre-cut for you in these levels actually is the letter or the number of the level. So <laughs> there's a big number two. I, I, I it, it's that. astounding that I never noticed that because I've played approximately 1.2 zillion games I in know. Mr. Do in my life. That stuns, so. <laughs> it's stunning to me that, that you did not know that. I, I just baffles me, but there yeah. you go. So last but certainly not least, Frodo, our good buddy Frodo and L, and both this is right up your Alarini here, my friend. The first years of the Atari video computer system, a.k.a. the VCS, a.k.a. the Atari 2600. We've talked about it. It's funny how many times this has come up on this show alone. Mm -hmm. The granddaddy of all video games, the Atari VCS. And right out of the gate, I see Air Sea Battle here, which I've played that quite a bit. It wasn't my favorite, but I played it a lot. Uh, we also, it's funny, we were talking on Pixel Gate and they were asking about games that were better at home than in the arcade. And I brought up a couple of 2600 titles, uh, which were Asteroids and Space Invaders, both of which were way better on the VCS because the VCS allowed you to have uh, m- multiple game types with mm-hmm. their game selection switch, which was awesome. Yeah. It's funny having just played Alienator, and here we are looking at a, a 3D uh, ish. Atari 2600 game, you know, where you sort of like a Star Raiders looking mm-hmm. uh, type deal here. But do you remember, have you ever played this? I'm not sure what that is. Do you I don't, know? I have no idea what that game is. So we, we've both played oodles of 2600. No, I have played a lot of that. That's a, a, a street racer. Yeah. yeah. I see breakout on here. I see a lot of our, all the old, all the old classics. And of course this is the first year. So you're going to, there's, there's Home baseball. Yeah. yeah. Not the best. No, not, not the best. <laughs> but listen, throw it all. Frodo is smooth as silk. Always, I love just the way he structures stuff. Always mm-hmm. a good time. He, he is the streamer uh, that streams the most, probably of anyone that we know. Uh, so check him out. Check, make sure you get check out his channel on Twitch and check out his videos here uh, on our channel. They're always good stuff. Uh, Boat, what did you and Neil get up to this week? Uh, this week we talked all about the Amiga Five Hundred Mini. Imagine that, right? Uh-huh. So the the uh, the episode that's going to be released tomorrow um, is all about. Uh, we talked about actually it was a very Amiga heavy uh, episode. We uh, aside from a Mario Kart controversy uh, with the ah. um, somebody uh, apparently didn't follow the rules and dropped a whole bunch of records without showing people what he was doing along the way and checking in. And yeah. the, the speed running community was not a fan of that, but they're uh, very strict. They are. They're they are very, so, very strict. But we talk about the a 500 mini. We talk about the new Kung Fu that's coming out. Kung Fu master that's coming out for the Amiga, uh, the McGeezer port, which is pretty exciting. And of course we talk about super delivery boy, which may be one of the first great platformers on the Amiga ever. So I'm oh, super man. excited about this Listen game. It's currently in development. 
So that is coming out. By the time you listen to this episode, unless you're watching it live, uh, that will uh, be out and ready for you to listen to over on the This Week in Retro YouTube channel or through the podcatcher of your choice. I will say, I listened to the episode you released six days ago where you mentioned Zool. Yes. That was a straight up, I knew you were licking your chops to bury poor Zool. Boom. I was. And bury and I did. him, you did. <laughs> that non ant. Got a full burial there. Have you, I, I, just to ask, this has been released, this Zool thing. Have, are, is this one you're going to pick you up? No, I, I almost put this in the news this week uh, because uh, because it had just come out. And I know that I have not played it yet, but our, our own Roshi has played it. And uh, he gave it sort of a, a semi-positive review. It doesn't, it, what they've done essentially, I guess, is just sort of made the screen bigger. So you Zool, you can see more about what Zool's getting into. Um, and it's I'm like sure an HD version. Yeah, it's an HD version. Like they they, they did the same thing with Super Frogs several, many years ago. There's an HD uh, version. Yeah, yeah, the same sort of HD yeah. thing. So anyway, I, I haven't played it yet, so I'm going to reserve judgment. But uh, yeah, it, it's it's out there. You can check it out. We might talk more about it next week on the news. Let's talk about one more thing real quick off this. I, I hate to bring up your other show, but I'm going to. Neil uh, has announced that he's got an upcoming uh, hardware release. I think we touched on it a couple weeks ago. Uh, but uh, this is a uh, this is a uh, a Mister add-on that you literally put your Mister in. It sort of adds all the stuff that you're getting all those different cards would add in a interesting shape, sort of console-y looking shape. I believe he uh, said it was like a PC Engine, uh, and uh, it also adds a SCART connector. What do you think of this boat? Yeah, so this is this is essentially something for people that want one box. Uh, that that does everything. So you know, you you get you get everything all in one, and there's a custom board that's running underneath the DE10 Nano that's allowing you to have all of this stuff. So uh, Dave Velociraptor is the world's biggest fan of this. He is the uh, the the Mr. Multisystem sycophant du jour. So uh, you can you can check him out if you want if you want nothing but positive vibes from it. Uh, I think that one of these may be winging its way to me uh, in the next round, oh, and boy. I will surely give uh give my thoughts on it that's lucky because you were too stubborn and cheap to buy any additional boards for yours that's right i have a i will be the perfect person to a b test this thing because my mister is the mister it's as naked as the day you got it (laughs) i love it boat boat my friend that is all we've got from the front of youtube well let's talk about last week's Patreon song challenge, Aaron. Okay. So, we did a little Zeppelin last week. That's right. We got the let out on Rock 105. <laughs> yeah. Trust uh, me, I wanted to put the lead in you with a gun. <laughs> so, The Ocean was the name of the song. And uh, Rob O'Hara, number one with a bullet. Daniel Crabtree, Da Crabs MTG got it. And Pac Billy. So congratulations to all three of you guys. Well done. If you know this week's Patreon song, send me an email at john at amigospodcast.com and I will announce you as the winner on next week's show. Don't say oh. anything in the chat, for God's sake. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for reminding me. And we also want to welcome new supporter, Wanderly Chesim. Kesim. What's that name again, Boat? Yes. So here we go. Wanderly, Chessim, Mark Richardson, David Hearn, Chris Edwards, Ram OK, Ram OK, David Terrace, Jude Carlos, Matthew Mobius, The Phantom Magnus, Seth Yates, Alistair Irving, 
Christian Russell, David C, George Rosansky, The Amiga Show, Daniel Crabtree, Super Family King, Crazy Loomis, William Victor Star, Heavy Systems, Bundy, Frag Lord, Mark Byland, Olaf Hoprumski, Jonah, aka Simulant, Alien Breeder, Dave Velociraptor, Calvert Boy, Landon's and Luke Hudson, John Cookbomb, the bass Frodo and El Sol Incisor, Tech Mage, Jurgen Mysticola, Bernard Lucas, Jerry Dennington, Sorglub, Reflection, Simon Ledge, Captain Crispy, Kilobytes, and Caffeine, Gary Heather Free Lunch, Kate Fox, David Pickford, Cameron Armstrong, Andy Jones, Love Terminator, Tim Mitten, Amiga, Retrocast, Bernard Quinn, RMC, Tim Drew, Simon Roos, Joseph Harrison, Kyle Edder, Rob O'Hara, Matthew Laramore, Andy Craig, Sean Solbark, Bill Roland Burke, Andrew Monks, Joe, The Zombie, Leaf Gillard, Alan Kebab, Chakotay Level, Lord, John Marshall, Matthew Perrone, Ricky DeRosha, Creepy Dead Boy, Fakey CTZ, The Slow Norris, Stefan Sorgard, Morton Said, Van Helen, Christopher Hassel, Ravi Abbott, Chris Foles, Jorin Jeru, Graham Bebke, Adam Battersby, O'Brien's Retro and Vintage, Gary Hucker, Paul Harrington, Duncan Styles Tapes from the Crib, Josh Nat, Adam Bradley, Jonas Rule, THT, Eric Nelson, Kim, Tommy, Homer, Stad, Daniel Bingston, Brutal Barracuda, Derek Coles, Jason Wands, Pixels at Dawn, and Kjolbjorn Barman. Kind of a low-key affair there, Boat. I like to mellow it out sometimes. That was uh, that was horrible. It was almost like he just melodically sort of named off people. Uh, was there a tune that's there? That's sort of what I did. I melodically remind me to people. get you the old bucket boat so you can carry a tune. No, I couldn't. I can. If anyone picks that song out, by God, they're they're a real educated ear. Well, guess what? Oh, I thought somebody just rang it. <laughs> it was freaking Curtis talking about the Joust transcode. <laughs> Listen, all right, Aaron. It's time to talk about the other fine people that make Amigos happen. Are you ready? I am ready. Okay. So we've got our Twitch subscribers. Okay. Our Twitch subscribers uh, watch us day in, day out on Twitch every week. And, uh, well, sometimes they do unless they're busy or they've got something going on. Um, But, Aaron, uh, we want to thank them in our own special way. By reading their names. I guess that's not really, that's not really much of a special way. Macintosh Librarian, Mitsuyama, Blue Jellyfish, Eeyore 4077, Da Crabs, MTG, Beach Bum 7, Scumboy, Orom, Dragonbane, OZ, Mazamas, Made by Legends, Wing Chun Wolf, Dave Velociraptor, Buck Owen, Still Adolescing, Frodo and L, Alley Cat, History Chick 1558, Blue Train, Math Dufort, Back to 8 Bit with Hermski, Wide World Retro, Paco Take, Retro Jerry, L, Curtis Boyle, All Hail, Negsol, Rob O'Hara, Explorer, Texas Foosballer, Dead Louse 75, Captain Chaos DK, Uber Scuba Diver, Mr. Toast 6502, Demo Scene TV, Brock 101, HSEI Ken, Tin Foil, Happy Coding ZX, Gary Heather, Jigglebox, Coronosnet, uh, Peeplo, 
and am I staff. Thank you all so much for subscribing to Twitch. On... You know, before you continue, yes. I got to acknowledge Happy Coding ZX, who referred to you as the human bagpipe. That is never, oh, truer words have never been spoken. That's very kind of you. No, I appreciate that. That was Happy apropos. Coding. All right. So, uh, and finally, of course, Aaron, next week, we are going to be talking about Epic. 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 That's the name of the game. Okay, sounds good. I love Epic stuff. Well, this is a pick by Paul Bossman Harrington. I like it, man. Sounds good yes. to me. Hey, we got some I, epic contests running right now, too, don't we? On the Discord, as we, we speak. We do, we do. Thank you so much for reminding me of that. Did you see that transition right there? I love the transition. It rules. So, uh, we're going to be doing something a little bit different on the old Spectrum High Score Challenge. And uh, a new one is going to be announced uh, on Sunday when we announce our new game for our Sinclair. Frodo has run into some uh, heavy work times. And so uh, we, uh, Paul, a.k.a. Hermsky, has taken over. And uh, we are going to announce that new Specky High Score Challenge uh, next week. Uh, we do recognize all of the fine folks who took part in our Pajama-Rama uh, um, contest. Uh, Z9K9, 100%. Hermsky, 98%. And Mitsuyama, 91%. You guys did much better at Pajama-Rama than I did. Um and on our Amigos side, we are having the action is hot and heavy on the old Bomb Jack Beer Edition, Aaron. Uh, we have several uh, entries. Uh, this is a very well-regarded game. Right now, guess what? Z9K9 is in first place, but Pajaco6502 is closing in quickly with a score of 746,000. So you never know what's going to happen. This thing is going to close here in a couple weeks. So if, you've, uh, if you're a fan of Bomb Jack Beer Edition, then... Uh, Tune into the Discord and uh, put your name up there on the scoreboard. Very good. All right. Now, before we say goodbye, Aaron, we do want to recognize everybody that is watching us live right now. Because, listen, it's Friday night. There could be other things to do. Almost anything. But there are people that take time out of their busy day to listen to us. And we appreciate them. So Duncan Styles, Pixels at Dawn, we have to acknowledge them. There are content moderators. Anytime anybody tries to play any portion of a Prince song in the chat, they lock them out. Forever. Does that happen? That's what they do. That's, <laughs> um, and uh, we've got a bunch of people watching us this evening. we got 2020s here, Amiga Live, Atten, BarkBit, BeachBum7, uh, BitStorm, Brock101, Buck Owens, Chris Green Live, Cobrian, Commander Root, Da Crabs MTG, Dave Velociraptor, Dedicated Lurking 9 to 5, Edvin Helen, Frodo NL, Jigglebox, Happy Coding ZX, HSEI Ken, John Marshall 3, Kasserin, Lamakia, L Curtis B, Mikea 3000, Mitsuyama, Mr. Cola, Oil of Hope, Paul Kitching, Picard 2010, R Typer, Retro Remastino, Skjornbjorn. We haven't seen old Skjornbjorn recently. Steven Spielberg is here, joined us again this week. Thank uh, you. Super Tech Boy, the man Rayan, uh, the mend Rayan, VNK, um, like Wide World of Retro, Worlds of Rogue, and Kyoko Kodo. Very good. So, Aaron, you are going to be streaming this evening, right? That's true. That's I mean, I've got a couple announcements. I probably should have put this in the news. Okay, man. You know, just as just a heads up for people that are going to participate, they get start getting it ready. We have tentatively determined 
that the next epic gathering of the International Computer Club oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. will be Saturday, September 18th, Boat. Saturday, September 18th. We'll probably try to start that about 6 p.m., Boat, okay. for our European okay. friends. So Yeah, not too this late. Is, this is tentative. We'll slam the sucker down. We'll nail it down in a week or so. But tentatively, we are looking at September 18th. And so for people that aren't sure about what the ICC is, since it's been a couple months, can you briefly explain what it entails? Well, you know, uh, during this unfortunate time with the pandemic, a lot of uh, computer clubs have not been able to gather, including ours. It's funny. Mm -hmm. We got that one in. I'm glad yeah. we did. And so uh, we thought it might be kind of fun to have our own computer club made up of a of the uh, all of our buddies or just people that want to show up Literally, there are no uh, requirements to show up for the International Computer Club. You can just come into Twitch and watch, or you could present, participate, show of what you're working on. And we've seen all kinds of uh, interesting things, uh, everything from uh, front ends and 3D printing, from our good buddy David Z to uh, a uh, sort of a revolving screen uh, that was like a movie poster thing from jack flack we've seen mm -hmm. stuff on the coco uh from uh our good buddy l curtis boyle yeah we've seen a and ton sometimes of people people just come in and talk about what they're into you know i always enjoy hearing from mitsuyama getting in there and talking about what he's up to graham vebke yeah. all pixels the updates from, books yeah all that yeah, stuff pixels that we, yeah seeing the book collection from pics and all also that stuff so, is great. remember when kit joined us at his uh elaborate chateau oh always gosh. nice yeah. edwin's always in his place so we always it's it's it, anything goes we usually run about three hours if we're lucky. Uh, so again, if you're interested, we'll and we usually put a sign up sheet up, and it'll be up uh, in the next couple, probably over the weekend, we'll put one up uh, so we can start getting signups. But again, this is your early warning, September 18th, uh, just a little over a month away for International Computer Club. All right. Well, uh, we uh, hope you will join us next week for Epic, and until then, adios. adios.